Today's special emergency episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, the easiest way to shop for the best tickets. It's such an emergency. Phones are ringing. That was Danny Ainge. Thanks to the revolutionary grading system. <laughs> Buy and sell tickets in two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Football fans, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on NFL tickets, use promo code BSNFL. Download the SeatGeek app today. Or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by Miller Lite, the presenting sponsor of our newly relaunched website, TheRinger.com, the official beer of The Ringer. Now they can send us some beer, please. Uh, We're also brought to you by The Rewatchables. We have another one coming this week that we were going to tape right now. And it's been pushed back, but we're still taping it tonight. It's going to be Point Break, Keanu Reeves. Very exciting. Don't forget about the last episode of Talk to Thrones, which is coming Sunday night right after Game of Thrones on Twitter. Coming up. Uh, basically everybody who works for the ringer is here, um, on the NBA side, because we had our giant six hour NBA meeting, which we're going to talk about in a second. Some dramatic NBA news happened. Kyrie Irving on the Boston Celtics, Isaiah Thomas, not on the Boston Celtics. I don't know what's the first topic, but we're going to get a little music here from Pearl Jam first. All right, in my office right now, in no particular order, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, Jonathan Charks from The Ringer. I said that right, right? Charks. Charks. Yeah. I had that mental block. I was saying jerks, and then you corrected me after I'd known you for like a year. Yeah, well. Uh, That's all right. As long as you call my name at all, it's okay. Chris Ryan, the executive editor of The Ringer. Yeah. Shea Serrano, the executive OG of The Ringer. Mark Titus lurking in the background. He might jump in off the top rope at some point. Uh Tate the Snake Frazier with his back to Shea right now, uh, as everyone in the Ring Universe knows. Tate refuses to give Shea a podcast. Um, anyway, lots to discuss here. And um, Bill, you've always loved Kyrie Irving. Well, I will say on my podcast, <laughs> I have loved this guy. I feel sad though. First, I was excited that they traded for him. We're taping this. It is eight nineteen East Coast time, five nineteen West Coast time. But man, sports is cruel. There's just no loyalty in sports. This is the Cold reverse world. of KD goes from Oklahoma City to Golden State. He's a trader. He sold out the fans. The flip side of that is sports is a business. That's why Isaiah he should Thomas. Do that. That's why well, he should do that. This is the example for why he should do that. Isaiah Thomas, who becomes a folk hero in Boston. Every kid under age 15 has his jersey. He has this unbelievable season. He's an MVP candidate last year. He gets hurt. He plays hurt in the playoffs. Um, has a tragic death of his sister, plays anyway, goes through. I, we went through an emotional roller coaster ride. They finally shut him down in round three. Bled south the green, Kevin O'Connor. Now he's gone. We got to start there, right? That's from, the biggest thing. From of this. an emotional standpoint, I mean, it's sad in some ways um, that this guy really finally found a home, a, a city that accepted him, a team that really gave him the opportunity that he always seeked. Um, but for Isaiah Thomas, his slogan growing up and during the league has always been stay paranoid. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. And this is just another one that after having one of the most efficient high volume scoring seasons of all time, yeah, he still ten. gets dealt. And it's really just a fascinating trade um, that two conference contenders made this with two of their franchise players. It's it's really unbelievable. And Chris, KOC and I did this podcast. What was that? 10 days ago? A week yeah, ago? Not, not maybe, maybe just a week. We did the eight realistic Kyrie trades that made sense. And we talked about this trade. Mm-hmm. And I said, 
the reason I don't think this trade will happen is that conference finalists who are com- competitors and contenders don't do this. They never do this, even though this trade makes the most sense on paper for what we know Cleveland wants. It won't happen. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. We're in this Ringer NBA meeting. I think it was like the five hour mark. Yeah. We did like a three and a half hour session. And then fantasy got Lunch. the Shams alert. Yeah. Shams. Once again, coming Big through. Winner. Real yeah. GM doing work. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden we're like, whoa, we don't know if this is going to happen or not. And now it's moving. Is is this the most surprising deal we've had this this decade since the Harden trade? At least the last five years, right? I you know, you so rarely like you're saying see two teams that are basically rivals. You know what I mean? Like they're they're conference rivals to the extent that you could have anything like that again. Trade their among their best players, and I you know we're sad for Isaiah, but it's not like he's getting traded to the Pacers. Like he gets to right. play with LeBron James for at least a year, and this Cavs team I think has a lot more depth than they did. For the last finals. My, it's a pretty good trade for Cleveland, which is as a pure basketball trade. What do you think of it? See, for to Cleveland? me, I love Cleveland because you get Isaiah and Jay. So there's not a big drama fall from Kyrie. Plus in your back pocket, get this extra pick. So yep. if you have the whole team up next year, you got this pick in your back pocket, like Bagley or Donches, who knows, right? You can start fresh right away. So my guess is, I think the Celtics evaluated this Brooklyn pick and they looked at the moves that they made this summer. Brooklyn's not a disaster. I don't. I think it's all. a better roster than they've had the last couple of years. Talk about the Brooklyn roster because I think if you look at this and you and you think like Indiana's going to probably stink, Atlanta's probably going to stink, Orlando's probably going to stink, the Knicks might stink. It's possible if they trade Carmelo, if it, something weird happens with that, if they all, flip and him all for a those contract. teams have incentive to tank, right? In, in a year that could be top heavy, whereas the Nets have zero incentive to tank because they don't have their own pick. And uh, who, I think who do they add this year? Let's go through D'Angelo the list. Russell. They added Alan Crabb, Alan Crabb, a couple um, draft they picks, they signed some free agents. They like a, they're, they have they're, a solid roster with a good coach, yeah. with a good GM who, who I think could make changes during yeah. the year. Uh, I mean, they could be a thirty-win team. So when we were on Facebook Live, we got a question because I said this deal might be more future focused for Boston than people think. Um, and, and the response was, well, then why would they give up the Nets pick? And it's like, well, the Nets pick might not be that great. I mean, it could end up the eighth, ninth or tenth pick in a draft that, in my opinion, is fairly top heavy, at least from this point. And we didn't um, even talk about the Western Conference team. Somebody's got to lose yep. in the West. It might be Phoenix tanking one more time. It might be New Orleans. Boogie gets hurt. Like, who the hell knows with that? Some mystery team that we haven't figured out. Some underachieving team. We didn't mention the Chicago Bulls. They're yep. going to be terrible, too. Another team that could tank. So I think the Celtics looked at this like, yeah, take the protections off. We don't feel like this is going to be a top seven pick. Shay. Yes, sir. From a revenge standpoint. I love it. Who Who is more revengeful here? Uh, Kyrie or Isaiah, who just had his heart broken? Isaiah, 100% more Revengeful. Is that the correct word? Revengeful. Uh, vengeful. Vengeful. Yeah, vengeful. I like I like Don't, revengeful. You, love, I like don't revengeful you love editor Shay? I'm yeah. little, I'm I have a master's in journalism, by the way. Who's more revengeful? I'm going, I'm going with Isaiah is more revengeful. Just because of what, what KOC was talking about. He is always always in that mode. Kyrie has never seemed to me to be in that mode for most of his career. Every once in a while he'll jump into it. Isaiah exists in it. It's the whole it's a you were born into darkness type of situation with Isaiah. You know what I'm saying? Well, what's crazy, just the thought of them. First of all, he recruited Gordon Hayward. Last year, he was recruiting KD. Rudy Gobert retweeted that tweet that he sent out. 
with a shamrock and the championship yeah. trophy. He did that right after. Oh, he Rev did? Right yeah. after he got traded. Oh, 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 Ooh, that's cold. Oh, oh man. Love um, it. That, that's really sad power for IT. I mean, he felt he was the franchise. Right. For the Boston and Celtics. I can't remember, I mean, four plus decades of rooting for Boston teams. I can't remember a more popular guy getting traded when he was actually really super popular and people were buying his jerseys. Like, I went to around to Celtics Wizards game with my with my son. We bought him an Isaiah Thomas jersey. I mean, it's by far the most jerseys you go in the store. That's where it was. And you looked around at the arena and, and the Isaiah jerseys were there. I'm looking at it. I'm trying I'm trying to be dispassionate about it because I loved Isaiah and I loved rooting for him. He was a borderline all-star until December last year when he put together three of the best months I've ever seen a player have. Um, he Steph, just went Steph to Curry. seven other levels. If you look at the season he had historically, it's one of the top 10 most efficient seasons anyone's had. Um, I think there was durability issues that the Celtics were worried about. He takes a lot of hits. He's small. Um, he got hurt in March, never really got back. He had the hip thing. They're claiming the hip's going to be all right. One year left on his contract at $6 million in KSC, you think they were really worried about the $120 million as I mean, do. wouldn't you be with a 29-year-old, yes. five foot nine point guard who's super, super reliant on his athleticism? Because like, I think with, with the misconception about athletes in the NBA is that you assume they're a dunker. But for Isaiah, to get to, to finish at the rim the way he does and to draw fouls the way he does, he needs his athleticism, his burst to get to the rim, to get by defenders, and his leaping ability at the rim. And if that degrades at all, then what does he become as a player in year three of that contract, in year four, never mind year five when he's 34 years old? So if you're the Celtics, again, like that's why I keep coming back to this is a forward-thinking deal. Granted, maybe it helps you now, maybe it hurts you now, depending on your perspective of what they gave up. But I do think that this for them is kind of looking forward um, to year two, three, two or three years from now. See, I was going to say to me that with Isaiah, like, so let's say Cleveland gets them. They lose LeBron, they reset. He's got no most ties to Cleveland. Where is he getting paid? He might have lost a lot of money out of this trade. Like, the Brinks truck might not be there for him. That's uh, where it's like, man, he really got stabbed. Worse. It's true. He could lose a ton of cash from this. He, he, he might not have gotten it in Boston, though, to but at be least fair. he had a chance, right? Because he emotional stuff. But now yeah. Cleveland, they're like, whatever, bro. Like, yeah. I think there's, there's a couple teams. Like, I think Chicago makes a lot of sense for him. That's a team that needs somebody... It's funny talking... This trade just happened. We're talking about it. Where could Isaiah go a year from now? <laughs> I mean, I think... Ultimately, the most likely option would be LeBron if he ends up staying in Cleveland, then Isaiah stays in the whole yeah. thing. But if if he leaves, Chicago's right down the street, need a face of the franchise, they'd have money to spend. There's a couple other teams. I, I think he'll get paid, but I think losing the Boston, the emotional connection leverage that he had, that that hurts. Is, is that what this is about for Cleveland? Is it about reshuffling the deck in a way that maybe is more appealing to LeBron James? Because their whole issue before is they were sh- so short-term focused. But now if you're LeBron, you're looking at a roster with a high-end point guard in Isaiah. Granted, he has some of the concerns. He's still an incredible player um, for what we saw last season. But now you also have a Nets pick coming in. So a young player on a rookie contract that could potentially contribute as a rookie. Jay Crowder locked up for cheap. Maybe if you're LeBron, you're like, you know what? I'll sign a two-year deal and play another two years. Or a one-year deal. Or just a one-year deal. Like You you would do this if you would get one more year of LeBron James. I I, I don't know if you get that, though, but maybe that's their thinking. See, one thing I was wondering is, will they trade Kevin Love now? That's what I was just going to ask. Is is Kevin Love now kind of the, the, the number two? Finally on Cleveland. I mean, even if Isaiah is 
85% of what he was last year. He's still a five foot nine point guard who you have to hide on defense, especially in the postseason. He's he's somehow somehow Cleveland got worse at point guard defense in this trade, but which does, is almost impossible. And he's being backed up by Derrick Rose. So and Calderon. Oh but, oh and Calderon. So that might be the worst defensive point guard depth chart in the league. But does Kevin Love is he now a trade piece or is he gonna be they're gonna say, look, it's been tough. It's hard to share. It's it's hard to make a big three work. But you're now the guy. You're you're. Well, that's be- why I was going to ask you. Isn't this the best possible? Put your feet in both pools of water. Trade Cleveland could have made. Like, there's they still remain a contender. Isaiah can replace a lot of Kyrie's offense. Jay Crowder is another body that can they can throw. They can play small ball with them. Stuff like that. And they have the pick that they could potentially trade if they get some sort of sign from LeBron that he's staying. Yeah, and you if have- they don't think he's staying. You ha- now you have the pick. You don't necessarily have to pay Isaiah. You can rebuild and reboot around salary cap space, I guess. And, and there have been reports today about Wade coming on a buyout. You know, there, I suppose there's still they now. Now you have to talk about if there's a mellow trade that they could make. But the, here's yep. the thing that kind of bothers me about Cleveland. Like it's the 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 reason the hair on the back of my neck stands up about all of this is that Kyrie wanted out, and LeBron has spent the entire summer not refuting deafening rumors that he's going to go to LA. So it doesn't sound like anybody wants to be no refutation. And I can't imagine that Kevin Love is enamored with his situation either, given the fact that his name has been in trade rumors for most of the time that he's been there. So that pick that they got from Boston becomes incredibly important then because they basically might not have the credibility with all these guys to keep any of them. Or they could flip that pick in, in February. Yep. Who the hell knows? Um, Shay, do you think LeBron James, does this trade make him more likely to stay in Cleveland or less likely? He's gone. It feels like he's, it felt like he's gone for a while. What I don't understand is, is there a situation where, where LeBron leaving leads to Isaiah staying in Cleveland? And being the guy there? And being the guy there. Cleveland embrace me. How could they not in that situation? He showed up. He, you know, he's going to play very, very hard. He's gonna go out in a in a in a playoffs, and it's impossible not to fall in love with him in that situation. Cleveland can save a lot of face if LeBron decides to leave, and they go, you know, they just go all in with Isaiah and say Isaiah is gonna win a championship before LeBron does. We go through that whole scene again. You know what I'm saying? That's you don't you don't like. like either of these teams. Who do you root for? If these two teams are playing and that did they play opening night? Who are you rooting for? What storyline compels you, guy who <laughs> loves NBA but doesn't care about either team? I, I want for there to just be an earthquake <laughs> right at right at the jump ball and everybody twists their ankle. No, I, it's easy for me. I mean, I'm a Spurs fan, but it's easy to see this stuff and be interested and, and find it compelling. I've always been, you know, on the LeBron side of things whenever yeah. that train is moving. So I'm going to stick with, with Cleveland in this instance. It's easier for me to, to grab hold of him than it is to to be on Kyrie's side, especially since Kyrie shaved off the beard and he only has a mustache now. <laughs> And he looks, <laughs> he looks like a bad way guy. Older now. He's like a bad guy in a breakdancing movie. Um, <laughs> uh, quick break to talk about DirecTV. I want to point out that for over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home for NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live game every Sunday. I try, actually tried to figure out how long I've had DirecTV, and it was the first season that when D. Miles and Q. Richardson and that Clippers team. So I remember watching them at like 1.30 in the morning. So I'm going to say like 2001. I've been a long time subscriber. Um, one of the best things about DirecTV, 
the NFL Sunday ticket. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or you're an enrolled college student, which doesn't qualify anybody in this room. Titus, you're not still enrolled in college, right? I'm not. Okay, no. good. Uh, <laughs> you can now get NFL Sunday ticket without a satellite. To see if you're eligible, go online to NFL Sunday Ticket TV. Stream every NFL Sunday ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER. At checkout to save 15%. Once again, that is NFL Sunday Ticket dot TV promo code ringer. That's a pretty good deal. Um, I've said this on the podcast. I'm going to say it again because I am getting feedback from Boston people, maybe uh, my dad, who is like, we gave up too much. Um, there are people who don't believe in the, in the ceiling of Kyrie Irving. I think... I've said this on the pod multiple times. I think like you go into the finals and it becomes two on two against Curry and Durant. And if Kyrie's one of my two guys, I'm feeling great. If Isaiah was one of my two guys, I also, I felt really good with Kyrie. I'm feeling great. I've watched him do it. I've watched him have huge games on the road. Charks Kyrie versus Isaiah just sealing with, let's say, let's see, let's say Isaiah Thomas is an eight story building. What is the ceiling for a Kyrie building? I mean, Kyrie's ceiling is probably like 13, 14 floors, but like floor 9 through 11 is empty right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I would just said like, okay, two on two in the finals. You got to get to the finals first, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like Kyrie, when he gets there is awesome, but he's got to get there first and not with LeBron anymore. Why do you think Kyrie wanted to get traded? Do you think it... So here are the theories. One was that the theory I believe over any other theory is that they actually did try to trade him in June. Um, he found out about it. It was a three or a four teamer with Phoenix and Eric Bledsoe, the number four pick. Um, Paul George was involved. I've heard various machinations of it that included in one, one of them, Cleveland got Paul George, Carmelo and Eric Bledsoe. Um, but I think, Kyrie found out about this and was already unhappy anyway and felt like LeBron didn't tell him about it. And that was it. Is there another reason you think he would have wanted to get traded? I mean, I wrote about this before and I still think it's the, the really the main reason why he wanted to be the man. I know people have said, well, then why did he have the Spurs on his list? Because they have Kawhi Leonard. And you could say, well, maybe he might have had Boston on his list too. Why would he want to go there when they have Hayward and Horford? Well, the reason why is because there's no shadow like LeBron James. Yeah. And for Kyrie, no matter where he went, he would have been, if not the guy that finishes games, but at least one of the two guys that they're going to lean on. And so for him... From a legacy standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, off the court and on the court, he can be more now with the Celtics or or had he been traded to any of the other, other teams on his list. Whereas with Cleveland, talk about ceiling, the, the ceiling has already been reached with what he could be playing alongside LeBron right. James. And you know, people will say, well, then why wouldn't he want to stay for after LeBron leaves? Well, there were rumors before LeBron got there that he wasn't exactly happy in Cleveland. So for him, maybe it was about basketball um, legacy standpoint, but also just the fact that maybe he just didn't like playing in Cleveland. And when you talk about the man, I think that part has been kind of screwed up a little bit just in the public discourse. The man, people are taking that to mean like he wants his own team, like Stefan Marbury. When Stefan Marbury is like, I want my own team. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. To me, I think it's about he wants to have the ball all the time and he wants to be the point guard and the decider and the guy, the straw that stirs the drink, drink, so to speak. I don't think it's about being the man. I think it's about, 
I, I want to be the leader of the team that doesn't stand on the side half the time while LeBron decides where everyone goes and what's to do. I want to be the guy who tells Gordon Hayward, go over there. And I want to tell, um, uh, um, Jason Tatum. Yeah, you can't even remember who's on the screen. Celtics. That's what the, one of the so wildest things about it is that, like, you know, you just have really reconstructed this team on the fly, not you. Which but, is scary. But yeah. do you agree with my the the man thing? That makes sense, right? It's not about the man. It's about he wants to be the decider. Yeah, which I is, think, I think two different things. A bunch of different things. I mean, one thing I'm fascinated to see is uh, one of the sort of more enjoyable parts about Kyrie this season is getting to see some of his the more eccentric parts of his personality came to light this summer. Yeah. Or this this past year. How would that fly in Boston? That was exactly what I was going to ask. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, Isaiah had 100% approval rating in Boston. Is that fair? If not 100, it was... Did anybody was have above, a negative... It was above 90%. You might have had some, you know, uh, blowhards on the radio that hated him, but that's about it. Yeah. Kyrie's definitely a little more interesting. I, it, <laughs> you know, he's the type of guy that... Um, the Boston, they, they, we know how the Boston media works. Mm-hmm. They love to create these false arguments and try to sway certain things. It's They're going to look happening. at this and go, "What has Kyrie done? Why? We know what we had with Isaiah Thomas. Kyrie, he's selfish. He wants to be the man, and he's does it." They're going to point to stuff and try to create this narrative that he's he's selfish. The team chemistry is not going to be the same. This is a different Celtics team now. I think all that stuff's going to happen. It's already happened. I mean, even like before the trade during the season, people were saying Isaiah Thomas is better than Kyrie Irving. Right. (laughs) So I think in that sense, you're still going to have people that believe that. Um, And people are going to believe that this is a very bad deal for the Celtics. And maybe it was a bad deal. Maybe it will. It definitely was not a bad deal Maybe we will look back and say that. Um, I don't think it was a bad deal. I think it was one of those rare blockbuster trades that was smart for both teams. Um, that's a rare thing to say um, with blockbusters like this, but it just makes sense. All you all you need for Kyrie to do is like his second day in Boston as he's driving around and he just pulls over on a playground and plays one on one with a lonely kid. Like I say, and he's it? fine, and he's fine, and then drop like forty. Around a brand manager, and then drop forty in, in the first game of the season, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, we got a winner here." So let me ask you a question. Yeah, you'd rather have Kyrie than the following. You'd rather have Kyrie than Paul George. Paul George wasn't happening. Okay, just, they they couldn't they couldn't lock it down. They didn't want to trade him in the in the Eastern Conference. I think they would have tried to do this deal anyway. If they, even if they had gotten Paul George, I think they would. I think they would have upgraded Kyrie. The way Danny thinks is get the blue 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 chippers. All these assets and everything they were trying to build was to try to get to a point where eventually they could have Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, and some blue chippers. I don't think team. that team's that good. So that's. That's a whole different topic because now you have a lot of new guys on the same team. You have Kyrie, who's never really shown that he can be, you know, oh, let me make sure Gordon Hayward seems unhappy. I'm going to get him some shots. We don't know if he can be the thoughtful point guard that involves everybody. Um, on the other hand, you got Brad Stevens, the president. What do you, how do you see the team? I was just wondering, like, why wouldn't Hayward be that guy? Why, why is he taking it back to Kyrie? Right? Maybe Hayward he just won't. got a max contract, right? Why does he want to do that and come there? 
couple of years ago, Gordon Hayward took on a little bit more playmaking responsibility with Utah and so, until they kind of you know redistributed that role. So maybe with the Celtics, Hayward will kind of transition into more of a playmaking role because you know one of the points I made uh, Facebook Live when we talked about Kyrie is that what made Isaiah so efficient was how good he was off ball. Yeah, and Celtics used him off screens, coming out of timeouts. He relocated off ball to get himself open um, when like Marcus Smart or Terry Rozier was handling the ball, and Kyrie's going to have to learn how to do that. And so if Hayward does become more of a ball handler, that's what Hayward, uh, what Irving is going to have to do. Um, so in that sense, like I, I am curious to see how they do distribute um, that playmaking ball handling um, role for that team. Do you think there was any fear at all with the Celtics that against the really good defensive teams that just would when when the Isaiah thing they would just send the guy flying out thirty feet from mm-hmm. the basket to try to blow up the high screen on him, and it did seem like. The better, smarter defensive teams at least had a strategy, knock him down, bang him, hit him every time he drove to the basket. I really do think they were concerned about his durability in four straight playoff rounds, taking that beating, whereas Kyrie is a magician. like He's he's slicing through. He never gets a shot blocked. He never gets hit. He never falls down. I I do think that was part of it. And like with Isaiah, I mean, the thing is, is like he's coming off a major hip injury that has ended the career for some players. And yeah, so it, by the way, how do we know this trade's even going to get approved? I mean, maybe they yeah, wait. Oh, is a paragon maybe, of health. Maybe, no, I'm saying what? What about the physical for Isaiah? Maybe you waive the medical. I mean, you is could that possible? That. I believe. I no. believe. I believe you can. I mean, unless like it's really alarming. But my, my buddy, my buddy Hench is panicking what, about this. Re- He's like, the, last the, report the physical's going to veto the trade. We're going to be stuck with an yeah. unhappy Isaiah. This is a disaster. <laughs> that would be something else. Yeah. But I, I, I think the last report we had, like in late mid July, late July, was that Isaiah was doing well and he's fine. Charks, what do we know about Kyrie? Without LeBron, because these guys are talking about like, oh, Kyrie's, you know, in like he, he you can't get him with a, a trap like up in the a half court. Like he's so good at breaking stuff down. But so much of what I associate with Kyrie with is like is playing with LeBron and LeBron f- distributing the ball, LeBron drawing attention, drawing that gravity that he draws by ho- having the ball in his hands. Like, what do you think Kyrie's going to look like without that? I think, I mean, the biggest thing is not to change his game a bit, I think. Now he's away from LeBron. He has to pass the ball more. He can't just hold the ball and shoot constantly. Do you think he's going to want to prove that? That he can do that. Or stuff he might be like, mm-hmm. I want to be like Westbrook and get like thirty points a night, right? That that's might be other, that's that might a be worst case scenario for Bill Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> if the, just the words "want to be like Westbrook." Because well, like Kyrie's like, I'm spine. a great scorer. I'm gonna go somewhere where I can be a great scorer. I don't have LeBron here, you know, bothering me. Let me get twenty five shots up a night and just get buckets. That might be my mentality if I was him. That's what he's really good at. I mean, Kyrie's going to get buckets. Yeah, I mean, sure. definitely getting a lot of but, shots. Up. You know, one, one of the points someone made to me, like when the rumor first broke, was that yeah, Kyrie does want to take on more of a playmaking responsibility because he feels that he's capable of more, and just the fact that the past three years playing with LeBron his development was stunted in some ways where LeBron was the point guard of that team. I mean, Chris, we've talked about this before where like their positions were kind of inverted. Like Kyrie was more of the, the forward in the sense that he played so much off ball and LeBron was the quote unquote point guard. So for not for now, maybe with the Celtics, Kyrie does become more of that more traditional point guard. Like Isaiah Thomas was, I I gotta be honest. I don't think he's ever been in a really well-constructed offense. Never. That Cleveland, the first couple of years, throw that out. He's playing with Mike Brown, all those dudes. And then LeBron comes and it became a very LeBron centric offense because LeBron is the third greatest basketball player of all time. And you could do that. But when LeBron was out of the game and their offense just kind of became one on five, whoever had the ball got to shoot. Like, I think that's one of the reasons the LeBron on and off the court was 
was the numbers were so dangerous. I'd love to see how Brad Stevens uses Kyrie. I think they're going to use him very similar to how they used Isaiah. I think you can run him off screens. You can figure out ways to get him isolated on one side with spacing and things like that. He's going to have better spacing than I think he had on Cleveland, right? For sure. For sure. And I think there'll be more more opportunities to score uh, efficient open baskets. Um, I, granted, he's not playing alongside LeBron. It's kind of a weird thing to say. But just because of the the nature of Boston's system, it will lead to more open opportunities for him. It does. The Boston system does lead to a lot of guards slashing to the hoop. Which is Kyrie's thing. I still feel like a cynical Chris Ryan about this trade. I'm cynical, cynical on Boston's part. I'm like, well, first of all, I just feel like I need to balance it out. I can't let you, I can't let you prosper. Second of <laughs> all, okay. listen, I, I don't, I don't feel 100 percent great about this. I don't like I your front court depth at all, and I think that that was a problem in the last playoffs, and now it's just like a little bit worse. You know what I mean? Cause, like, because why? I don't know. I just who is Horford, who routinely seems to tear a pectoral muscle, and Aaron Baines. Is that who you're taking into the playoffs? I yeah, know every, Baines. <laughs> <laughs> Shay loves Baines. You like Baines, right? Uh, He'll knock some dudes San down. Antonio dude, right there. I don't know. I, I just Marty, you forgot about the Morris twin. The Morris twin. Yeah. I just feel like um, I'm trying to come up with like reasons to be skeptical about Boston. Well, I, I think, think that's the, the number one reason would be the turnover. The, turn, the turnover. Talking about five new guys in the top eight, basically. And it's also the idea of this being the end point of this Danny Ainge project. I know he still has some picks left and I know that there's still moves to be made. But the idea that this is the that this is the big three. Is this it? This is this is Horford, Hayward and Kyrie. I don't think this no. is it because they still have that Sixers Kings pick. They still have their own pick like for the next five years, and they still have that Memphis pick. They still have one more trade. I, I think part of the thing, if I played for the Celtics, I would feel like I'm expendable. You, yeah. If t- the moment Danny gets a better trade, yeah. well, I, I mean, might I be think out of here. If you're an NBA player, you're expendable. That's all at this point. Like, but you got to really feel that if you yeah, played for, for the sure. Celtics, right? I mean, Belichick's mastered this for 15 years. He's made everybody feel like, the moment you aren't useful to me, you're gone. But people have somehow bought into that anyway. I was just thinking like with Marcus Smart. They'll be like, hey, Marcus, you have play your role. He's like, I'm afraid to next year. Let me get my shots. Let me get my points. Let me get my assists, right? Yeah. Can you can really sacrifice for the team? They're really going to trade him anyways? Or he's like, let me get my stats. You know what? You, the, the, that whole comment reminded me of Blue Apron for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It's the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country for less than $10 a meal. They deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door for less no more overspending at restaurants or high-end grocery stores at Blue Apron. Prepare memorable meals for yourself in under 40 minutes. Some of the meals available in August. This will be fun because nobody's had dinner yet. You guys might be hungry. Some of the meals include basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomato, spinach, and orzo pasta, <laughs> miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes. How's the salmon scene in Houston, Shay? Not great? I don't know. I don't eat Mexican Not a food. Of- All the food you're saying right now sounds like you're making it up as you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charred tomatoes. You'd eat that. I would eat. I heard pizza, so I'm good. House is so much better at groaning and grunting hungrily when I do Blue Apron than you are. Uh, right now, you can get your first three Blue Apron meals for free with free shipping. Just go to blueapron.com slash BS. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Do you think one of the reasons the Celtics made this trade is because they thought for this year only, LeBron's last year in Cleveland, we think, maybe, it makes this team worse? Is that one of the reasons? It makes Cleveland worse? It makes Cleveland worse. They went from Kyrie to Isaiah. Jay Crowder's a seventh man for them. The pick, they probably won't have the balls to trade before the deadline, not knowing if LeBron's staying or not. And going into 
round three, Kyrie's probably a slightly safer bet than Isaiah. Is that one of the reasons I made? The I'm pick? sure. I mean, like, because they have to be. I, I have, the one thing I have bought into in the Church of Danny is this idea of having like stuff exist in multiple timelines. So that this idea that he's doing stuff in the present while also planning for the future, I I buy that. I don't like the creators I of Lost. Find, I do agree with you that this. Would you say <laughs> the like, creators of Lost? Like, yeah, also he's JJ Abrams. <laughs> I do think that this is a very uh, aggressive move towards. Harmony and that Brad's offense does depend on um, on people sharing the ball and on guys buying into a certain system. And like Charks is saying, man, like it's just like this this could really disrupt that. And you get you bring a guy in who's a gunner. Kyrie's a gunner. He's a gunner. Are we a hundred percent sure he's a gunner? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mark Titus is here. Uh, your gut reaction to Celtics going from Isaiah Thomas to Kyrie Irving, just as somebody who likes watching basketball. As someone who likes watching basketball, I, I I enjoy this for the Cavs. I think this is good for the Cavs. But that's also because I'm excited about what this pick might mean. I, I'm I'm buying into the idea that they're going to get someone good. Um, because the Cavs, LeBron's leaving. I think like all of Ohio, as an Ohioan. Yeah, you're living in Ohio We're, right we're prepared for LeBron to leave. And I think... Knowing that Kyrie wanted out, it was like, well, there goes the Cavs. They're they're not existent now. That's like, w- w- is anyone ever going to care about the Cavs again? And maybe they will now. Maybe like Isaiah sticks around. Maybe you can get uh, you luck you out know. with the pick. Yeah, you luck out with the pick. Maybe the Cavs like have one more lottery. The what if they yeah. get the fifth lottery? <laughs> Cavs, in 50 lottery years. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. Like I, I'm, I'm a bandwagon Celtics fan now because one, one because I'm sitting in front of you and Thank uh, you. I work for you. That was and nice. So that's a, that's very nice. That's I kind of a, something I need to say. But also, yeah, you got Hayward now and Stevens. Well, Hayward's so. your dude. Hayward's yeah, we talked guy. about that Stevens on the pod guy. before. My question. By the way, like, you get credit for that because you called. Yeah. I think it was May. Yeah. You were like, Hayward loves Brad Stevens. I mean, These like guys a, are boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is this is this like is are the is this the team for the Celtics? Because I always worry about like Brad Stevens because I I love him to death. And everyone says like he's this great coach and all that, and it's always like just give it time, just give it time, just give it time. So as as NBA people, is is this the time now, or are we still giving him more? Are time we sure he's more? good? Are we sure he's Stop good? Stop it, Chris Ryan. <laughs> like, like, does he, like if if he say say they don't make the East Finals because there's like chemistry issues with all these young guys and Kyrie and they're just trying to figure it out. Stevens is still good, right? Right. So okay. here's the team. You tell me if you like it. Because I think they're going to start Jalen Brown yeah, at the so. two. So you're looking at Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Morris, Al Horford. I think Bain starts over Ugh. Morris. Maybe maybe what? Morris, maybe Morris finishes games, but Bain starts. Do you, <laughs> do you have inside info on this? I just think Horford wants to be a, a four. He doesn't think no, he's a center. It makes sense. I can see that. So like I mean, you're just you're big, just playing small. pretend like hey you're you're a power forward Al. But then at the end of games you're putting him at so the five. So Baines becomes this year's Amir Johnson, the token yeah, so starter for four minutes. Yeah, a waste of time starting games with a traditional five when really just Horford should be starting at the five. All right, I'm gonna ignore that point. Um, <laughs> let's say Marcus Morris. I can't imagine Baines starting for my NBA finalist team. Uh, well, and then coming off the bench, Tatum. Marcus Smart, Rogier, Baines, uh, Yabaselli, maybe? Is there there's some who would be the tenth man? Could get lucky did, with did somebody. You say Ojale? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. One of those guys, maybe some buyout guy, whatever. It's definitely a better team than last year, I would say. Yeah, it's but definitely could they a team that's Cleveland's, gonna score more. 
Like realistically, they, they couldn't even come close to but being in Cleveland last year. How much closer are they to being in Cleveland now? Real, like realistically, they are now a Kyrie Irving whipping his dick out versus LeBron whipping his <laughs> dick out, dick measuring match. Well, away from being. And that's so, the conversation. conversation. Yeah. 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 LeBron is a lot bigger than Kyrie. Tall, so realistically. Well, and LeBron's year 15. Who the hell knows with that? But you talked about the Celtics being a little uneasy, Chris Ryan. Uh-huh. How about Kevin Love, who just got dragged through the mud all summer and traded to every single team in the league seven times? And then Kyrie basically said, get me out of here. You tried to trade me. I don't trust you anymore. Which this I is think the is opportunity what for the reset. They can either reset that or trade him. But I don't think you can let him dangle anymore because you're just going to actually hurt your team. The Cavs, the Cavs do need him now. They well, they have him under contract. It's oh, yeah, I know that. But I'm you saying mean like, like committing to him. Yeah, I think that like if you, if they've got a new GM there. I think pretty soon the most interesting thing that's going to happen in the next couple of months of the NBA is the f- first LeBron press conference or the first LeBron public co- comments because he is not going to be able to. It's not going to be able to be business as usual. Everything will take care of itself. I'm obviously home. I want to stay. His departure has become the most important storyline in the NBA. Well, his silence has been probably the Definitely. most important storyline of the so summer. So the first time he's at, he's going to avail himself to the press and they're going to say, what do you think of this trade? What do you think of the way Kyrie exited the team? And what are you going to do next year? And if he says, I don't know, that just changes the entire dynamic of the team. Um, I think Kevin Love... If he said right now, I want to be next, please trade me now. I don't know what Cleveland does under that scenario. It would be a really interesting power play by him. You guys, you traded for me three years ago. Um, first year, I became the scapegoat, basically, Sec, uh, because I was hurt, which wasn't my fault. I guess scapegoat's the wrong word, but yeah, you know, he's one of the, he got hurt, he was out. Second year, he was becoming the scapegoat for most of that year. But then they rallied back. They win the title. Then last year it was the same thing. And oh, we got to get better. And then they try to shop him. I would get tired of it after three years, right, Kevin? Yeah. Can I play devil's advocate for a second though? Sure. With Kevin Love, like him and Isaiah Thomas played AAU basketball together, and they've been friends for a really long time. Mm. So may- maybe, maybe there's more synergy in that locker room having Isaiah in there. Uh, may- maybe, hmm. maybe this improves team chemistry, and that can't be um, overlooked um, from the from that perspective. So like. Maybe Kevin Love is happier playing alongside Isaiah Thomas. I'm just speculating you here. You know who's happier? Every offense in the NBA. The other 29 <laughs> offenses, because if Kevin Love and Isaiah are on the court, maybe be the, a worse version of the Kyrie thing. Titus, yep. talk about the AAU connection. This is something you're very passionate about. Just AAU in general? Just, just the like, players. Like, so yeah. Kevin Love and Isaiah play AAU together. Right. Explain to us what that means. Like, oh yeah, they're friends, but AAU, what does that actually mean? AAU is where... I mean, just in my experience is where guys build their, like, obviously college teams, you can do that too. But, uh, like, in the case of Kevin Love, who was one and done, maybe not, not as much. Maybe he's not as tight with Russell Westbrook and stuff. But most guys, their AAU team is, like, their pinnacle of basketball. And m- maybe it's a little skewed because I was on a pretty good AAU team. And yeah, like, just we, say for the listener and say who was on your we, team. I love doing this. This yeah. will never, I mean, me. always- never get old of me. This will never get old of me. Con, Mike Conley, point guard, Eric Gordon, shooting guard, Daquan Cook, small forward, Josh McRoberts, power forward, Greg Oden, center. Greg Oden when he was moving yeah, when and Greg flying Oden around was like, like Greg Oden, young yeah, Patrick when Ewing. he was Patrick Ewing, yeah. And then you were but like the Deion Waiters of this team? What were you? I was, uh, you know, we could say that, yeah. 
Were you the Josh was, McRoberts the, of this team? I was honestly the zone buster. I would like, like Ooh. Greg would dunk all over everyone. They go two, three zone and they check me in. And like the other coaches would, would yell, the white guy's in. He's a shooter. <laughs> I swear Automatic God, like, report. Yeah, that that's happened all the like time. That. Like the white, the white guy could shoot it. And like that would be my role. Um, but yeah, like all the guys that I played with, Ray, you, like those are the, you know, like Mike Conley, he's still like the, his best friends are the guys that are on that AAU team. Not necessarily Ooh. the guys he went to high school with. This helps your case, case. Not necessarily the guys he played college with. It's like all the guys from that AAU team he still keeps in his circle. And um, I'm certainly that way. Like I get excited. I think back on like my high school quote unquote career and I, th- you know, I'm more excited about my AAU teammates than guys I went to high school with. So. And Jay Crowder, great teammate. The only time he cannot be a great teammate is if he's feels like he's been let down by the team or like if his name was in trade rumors, things like that. Motivated, I'm here for the year. I'm gonna shove it up Boston's butt. Jay Crowder is a good teammate to have. The one thing I, I, I feel like I've, I've been ne- negative about Celtics chemistry problems. The first time LeBron does an Instagram subtweet of yeah. Isaiah, and he's like, "Stop coming up short." Like Isaiah is not going to have that. That's not going to work. Isaiah is not a dude who really. Isaiah will fight him and lose, but he will fight him. He's not going to silently be in a Banana Republic ad. He's going to be pretty (laughs) annoyed at that. And I think he's going to make his feelings known. It would be an interesting test of LeBron's ability to control that that team, especially if if he's basically a lame duck. You know, it's so funny. I mean, that brings us to our sponsored segment. Captain Morgan's make-believe riverboat casino. I borrowed it from Cousin Sal this week. Uh, each week on Cousin Sal's podcast, Against All Odds, him and the degenerate trifecta set sail and tackle make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Well, we grabbed the yacht this week, and here's the make-believe prop for this week. And it's not even make-believe because it's going to happen. What is LeBron going to do to Kyrie Irving, social media-wise, in the passive-aggressive LeBron way, what is his move going to be? Is it going to be either a passive-aggressive tweet or Instagram post, which I'm making a minus 150 odds, or he goes the other way. He zigs and does the thanks to Kyrie Irving, you're a great teammate, love you, brother, tweet. I'm going to make that plus 125. Does LeBron go passive-aggressive negative? Or does he go positive, looking forward? Thanks for everything. Shay, you go first. I'm going passive aggressive. We just have a we just have a, a history of LeBron doing that exact thing. So what predict the post for me? He he will be sitting in the car, shirtless, <laughs> <laughs> listening to a song of some sort. Okay. I'm guessing C murder. <laughs> Down for my guys. And it's just gonna be perfect. He it, that's that's what he's going to do. I guarantee you that's what he will do. Okay, so you're going heavy on minus 150. I just moved the lineup to minus 170 after Shay's compelling crazy. Chris Ryan. I'm going, going passive-aggressive or, or friendly, thankful, great teammate, thanks for everything? I'm going passive-aggressive, shading-aggressive. Yes, I, I feel like he... Shading-aggressive? Wow, think I didn't even have eyes for that. This is going to piss him off. Okay. People rarely reject LeBron. LeBron rejects people. Right. So this is a new test of a guy being like, you took me to three straight finals and I, I don't want to do that anymore with you. That's mm. that's pretty wild. Sharks? See, I think he goes positive and he waits for the conference finals. Then he has Kyrie on the other team. He goes screen and rolls, yeah. scores every single time. Then he's like, careful what you wish for, bro. Like he waits positive now and negative later. Titus? What, why? I, I think he's going to like ignore... 
I'm maybe I'm just saying this to offer contrarian opinion, but maybe he just completely ignores Kyrie and focuses on Isaiah, and he he uses some sort of pun with the letters it, like we now we have it or something. That's good. And like that's good. Something that's, like that. that's a good third. Like eye. now it's now we got like or I don't know something along those lines. So I made that like plus two hundred. Yeah, that's my that, guess. That he just completely ignores Kyrie, but just pumps up Isaiah. But he does it That's in like a, good a, a secretive, a secretive, like he won't just flat out say like, I'm excited to have Isaiah. It's got to be like some sort of coded, it's always coded with LeBron. So it's gotta be yeah, like it'll be nothing over the top, like, yeah. yeah, at least I know, you know, the earth is round or some sort of. By the way, uh, I saw on Twitter, uh, shout out to Justin Spears. I think it's the guy's name. Best joke. He said, it's hilarious how Kyrie is going to play in a city where their newspaper is called the Globe. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a great joke. I got to yeah, shout out to that Yeah, that's a good guy. joke. So, KOC, what do you think? Going positive because LeBron's all all about shaping narrative, and he's gonna try to make himself look like the bigger man here, you know. And how do you do that? Come out positive, say thank you, Kyrie, for everything you've done. You know, enjoy playing with you. Something, something just extremely positive from LeBron. I am, I am also doubling down on that. I think he goes positive. Sorry, Shay, I disagree. Um, I think he gives a Sports Center interview about four weeks from now with Rachel Nichols. When he talks about it, he's really hurt and he wished they could have talked it out. Those guys went through wars together. They won a title. And then he drops the passive-aggressive hammer in the conference finals. That's when that's when I think he, bring, he brings the table. It might even happen on opening night. Since it's an emergency pod, is it okay if I just throw another wrinkle of breaking news in there? Uh, can you hold on one second? Yeah, sure. Because that was another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe oh, yeah. Riverboat Casino. <laughs> No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders, thanks to Sal and the crew from Against All Odds for letting us use that gimmick for this week. What's the breaking news? It's that Andrew Wiggins has cut ties with Billy Duffy while having a max extension on the table. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if that means anything. Maybe he just wants a different agent. Maybe he's like, you got me what I wanted, but that's a, it's a wrinkle. Well, that goes to... I'm coming home. Oh Wiggins is coming back to Cleveland. Bring out your Wiggins jerseys out of the closet. Well, that we talked. To, we had this giant rigor meeting today, and one of the topics was, why does anybody who's going to get a max contract want to give 4% of that to an agent if you're getting it anyway? Just use a lawyer and have, have them cut a thing. I don't understand that. Um, who is favored to win the East right now? Cleveland. Cleveland, still. Cleveland, Cleveland. for sure. Cleveland for sure. The team yeah. with LeBron. Yeah. Not not for sure. Bro. I say for no, sure. For but sure. they're definitely sure. the favorites, though. Overwhelming yeah, sure. favorites in my book. Who know. is going to be on this Cleveland team in March that is not on this team now, Kevin O'Connor? Probably like one of those back-end pieces. I think the core remains intact. Maybe like an Iman Shumpert. I know that's a boring answer, but I, I wouldn't expect them to trade Kevin Love. D-Wade? D- oh, who would be on the team? Yeah. Or who oh, yeah. yeah D-Wade, for sure. Yeah. yeah. D Wade. I think D Wade's on this team. That's awesome. I, here's my question: Why are the Bulls buying him out? Like this, at, ultimately, sports is a business, right? You owe Dwayne Wade twenty five million dollars. Don't you just have a staring contest with him? I think that whenever you, you ask Gar Foreman a question, it turns into a staring contest. <laughs> so he's, having, <laughs> he's, he's having like, it why, anyway. Why do the Bulls do anything that they do? <laughs> I just don't understand, like. D Wade opted into the second year and then it's like, you guys got to buy me out. It's like, well, we're paying you to play basketball for us. So how about just play basketball for us and just kind of stare it out? Like, all right. So you put Dwayne Wade on this team, Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, Jay Crowder, Mm -hmm. Kevin Love. 
LeBron James, crunch time. That's a weird team. You want Tristan out there or Kevin Love out there? All right, let's. So Kevin Love's now on the bench. I don't know. Tristan Thompson, LeBron James, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas. That's a possible finals crunch time team. It's just weird. They're getting blown out. Yeah, they're losing either way. Abundantly clear is that congratulations (laughs) to the Golden State Warriors and all their supporters. Who's better equipped to beat the Warriors, Cleveland or Boston, though? I mean, what's the difference? Neither. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, yet Golden State had incredible health last year, so I guess it's a pretty sad case. But the case would be, I really hope these guys don't have incredible health again, and if they don't, we're right there. I feel like Cleveland was probably closer last year than maybe people gave them credit for. Like the Warriors had, it was a revenge year. Shea wrote about that um, for the ringer in June. Great revenge season for them coming off they blowing 3-1. They were one missed shot away from being 2-2 in the series. Right. If, if, if Durant missed that three. Right. 2-2. Right. Um, you had that. You had everyone in the Warriors is super duper healthy. And uh, Cleveland had just won the title. Now they're a little more motivated. I don't know. I, I I know the pick's great, but I just would have I would I would have not done this if I was Cleveland. So you'd rather have Kyrie than Isaiah and Jay, like right now, if you're Cleveland. So if I knew I could turn that pick into something this season, I would rather have the trade they got. But the problem is what we talked about earlier. If if they don't have any sign from LeBron either way, and now they have this pick, and it's just kind of dangling like a money in the bank match, where it's just over the ring, and they don't know if they can get it or not. Um, I think they're a little worse. From the Warriors, I would rather go against Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder than Kyrie. They couldn't guard Kyrie. They couldn't guard him for three straight finals. I mean, it's it's hard to know. Um, if they're going to be better or worse. I think if you're Cleveland, what you're hoping is you get the Jay Crowder of two years ago. If you get the Jay Crowder from last year for Boston when his defense really wasn't that good, um, then you're disappointed. But if you get the Jay Crowder who was first acquired by the Celtics, who's a terrific defender for them to close out that season, then you're better equipped to win a final series against the Warriors. I mean, because you have a bunch of versatile forwards who can switch, um, defend multiple positions, and Crowder really does fit that mold for them. And add in, add in his ability to uh, spot up and space the floor. So that helps. Um, but at the same time, like there's certainly more risk. But that's along the same lines of what Daryl Morey said before, right? right? You need to elevate your risk profile. And maybe in some ways that's what's happening with Cleveland. They're making a huge change that maybe increases the chances LeBron stays. Um, and it maybe gives them more potential in a final series if Isaiah Thomas is healthy um, at that point in the season, which he might be, might I not just, be. I just want to point out my dad is – volunteered to drive Jay Crowder to the airport. <laughs> take, take that for what you will. But I think he had, uh, he's a good Celtic. He tried hard, but I think he had seen enough Jay Crowder contested threes with 10 seconds left on the shot clock. It's probably done at that point. I feel just in closing, cause we're going to wrap it up. I feel, uh, the Isaiah thing's tough. It's, it's a hard one. I, I would be so much more excited about getting Kyrie Irving if it wasn't for the guy that we just went through this journey with of you steal him from Phoenix as, for what ended up being, what, the 28th pick in the draft. And he right, becomes an all-star. Then he becomes really a top 12, 13, 14 performer in the league last year. 
And then it's just like, all right, thanks. We got Kyrie Irving now. See you later. It's, it's harsh, man. Sports is harsh sometimes. It's. I think it's cool, number one, that you've got... They were both drafted in the same year, right? 2011? First pick last year. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think that's yeah. a, cool, a cool thing. I also think we, we've not talked about this yet, but if LeBron decides he's in, he's probably the best guy in the league at just like gassing players up. Like he will get in your ear and really make they you They traded feel. you. They gave up on you. They'll he, do he, all that he stuff. He turned Matthew Delavadova into like a legit finals piece. Yeah, that is he crazy. He was really thinking he was going <laughs> to stop I can't believe Steph that happened. Yeah, he really did. Trip him. Get him. But if, if yeah. he is that LeBron in, in Isaiah's ear and Crowder's ear, like that's a scary team all of a sudden if he's got them all playing two levels higher than they should be playing. Does does Do you hold this against LeBron at all that – this Kyrie thing didn't work out. Who do you blame ultimately, Chris Ryan? I think it was just Kyrie wanted to go off and do his own thing. I, I also you don't think LeBron could have managed it better. I, I think that there's like another element to this. I mean, the fact that David Griffin has been so positive about Kyrie and the aftermath of this stuff. Mm. I think there's probably schisms inside the franchise. The fact that LeBron has been so openly rumored to go to LA and is like nobody has refuted it. It just seems like there's just like a lot of problems there. So I don't really blame anyone. I just think that. For as much as like we don't know about what Kyrie is going to look like without LeBron, I'm really excited to see Isaiah with LeBron. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see Jay Crowder with LeBron. I'm, I kind of feel like this gives the season itself a little bit of extra Tabasco now because I'm like, ooh, now the Eastern Conference is a little bit like there's got you've got this revengeful aspect to it. Well, it's funny we have that. <laughs> we, also, we also get to see LeBron play with some different players and it had yeah. been kind of let's run it back the same crowd, have a kind of like mid-season meltdown then everybody gets back together we run through the East, play the Warriors. I'm glad that there's going to be a little bit of variance this year. I can't believe how many teammates and different nucleuses LeBron has had over the course of a 15-year career. I mean, it almost feels like a TV show where he's no Wiley on ER for 15 years and everyone like else that. on the show has yeah. changed. He's obviously way better than Noah Wiley, but um, I can't remember um, a bigger trade between two contenders. I said when we did the podcast a couple weeks ago, I was saying how Paul Westfall and Dennis Johnson were traded for each other in 1980. I was like, whoa, these two teams are trying to beat each other. They just swapped their guards. This just doesn't happen. Jarks. Um, Chris said this put a little extra Tabasco in the season. Didn't this season have enough Tabasco already? I feel like we have a Tabasco overload. Can we put, can we freeze some? I don't know. I still feel like it's Warriors Cavs. I okay. still feel like the Zex. I feel like for all the noise that's happened, I still say Warriors are the best team. Cavs are the best in the East. Celtics number two in the East. For all the chairs that have moved, right. feels like the same kind of thing. Titus, you more There's, excited for Kyrie versus LeBron in a Cavs Celtics game, or is Westbrook Durant still the sure. Like, what ultimately, what does this matter? The Warriors are going to win it anyway. I mean, it's it matters because it's in, you know I'm I'm excited to watch the Eastern Conference Finals, but um, if if I'm going to stay on brand because I work for the Ringer, I'm going to say the Warriors <laughs> are the White Walkers, and everyone's fighting. And like let 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 the, the Celtics and the Cavs fight for the throne because the White Walkers are coming what? to destroy everybody anyway. No, stay on your brand. What WWE storyline did this whole what? thing remind you of? <laughs> oh my God. Um, there's shades of about 15 different somebody dropkick somebody else in the middle of the, the ring. One, the one, the one like act of betrayal that like is still fresh in my mind was the shield breaking up because also because it happened in Indianapolis and I'll never forget that. Yeah, and this this feels like maybe the Cleveland Big Three was the shield and uh, Kyrie was Seth Rollins and just 
Ooh. took the chair. And Kevin and Love is definitely Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Kevin Love yeah. is Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And Kyrie just took the chair to the back, and you're just like, wait a second. So we can we can agree. Kyrie did. Le- Do you think Kyrie did the chair to LeBron's back? I think or LeBron- so. As a, as as a great athlete myself, who um, <laughs> rose to prominence playing basketball, I don't understand how you get to the point where you're playing with like arguably the greatest player of all time, certainly the greatest player of this generation. You're going to the finals every year. People know you in part because, like, he would have. You get to live in Cleveland. You, you get to live in Cleveland. You would have been. You would have been a star anyway. But like, obviously, his his you know before LeBron showed up, it was just like he was just this guy on the Cavs, and now he's something. He's hitting game winning shots. He's like a legend in Cleveland. Like so many guys, that's why you play basketball is to be in that position. That's right. you spend your entire life trying to get into that position, and then you get a guy who's in that position who's like, actually, I don't really want this. Well, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong for him. Yeah, it's not wrong to feel that way, I guess. But I guess I put it this way. for uh, Like if Kevin McHale in 1987 was like, I've kind of done it already. I kind of am sick of living under Larry's shadow. I would have driven to his house. And right. Like, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that have been insane? How dare you? Isn't that like insane? You're like, what are you doing? You have like the, the thing already set up. Everyone's there. And if he was just like, yeah, I just sort of want to do my own thing, wouldn't you just be like, this but is, I wonder if, he's if, out of his mind? If that's an indictment on LeBron or if it's an indictment on just where we are yeah. with sports in 2017. Because like in the mid-80s, everyone would have wanted to just play with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. If you were on their team, you were staying on their team. And now 30 years later, yeah, I don't true. know if the dynamics of the league yeah. has changed. Chris, why is this different than Neymar in Barcelona? Why is it different? Yeah. Well, why? Of, the Neymar thing that's been so fascinating is that he actively chose, uh, like, you have to understand, like, he's choosing to play on, like, the amateur level of FIFA, not, like, in the game itself, like, in the video game. Like, when you watch Neymar play in France now, like, he just is dominating people. It's yeah. like, it's like, it would be like if Kyrie was playing against me. But in Spain, he was playing on the best team and one of the best teams in the world against Real Madrid a couple times a year with a higher level of competition. And now it's like pretty much the only games that are going to matter for PSG this year are in the Champions League. That's like the shortest version of it that I can think of. So that would have been like if Kyrie had went to the Knicks. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's just completely less meaningful. I wanted to ask you a question because we got this on the Facebook thing and I think it's, I keep thinking about it, is that um, if you see Danny trade Isaiah after the season he's had... um, like, and we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, but like, can you really blame another player who's just like, I want to go where I want to go and I want to go? No, wanna... that's how we started this podcast. Yeah, like, that's I, what I'm I think there's no loyalty in sports anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that there should be, but it's, it, it, it changes slightly. Like, I, I'm just like, if you do this to a guy like Isaiah after what he just did, it's yeah. kind of hard for me to like get too worked up about like the next time Boston loses a guy in free agency. Yeah. It's just like, well, you reap what you sow, you know? Kevin. Danny took so much heat this summer. Didn't land anyone. Paul, they don't get Paul George or Jimmy Butler. What are we doing with all these picks? What are we doing with those assets? What the Traded hell, Danny? Adam number one. Yeah, yeah. What we moving backwards? What are we doing? We're just keep treading water for the future. Make a move. Then he gets Gordon Hayward. Then he gets Kyrie Irving. And now people in Boston who love to the media people of Star Shit will be like, Danny Angel trade anybody. The dude's got no loyalty. <laughs> he can't win is my point right he can't win especially in the boston market i think danny Ainge. i mean i was beating that trade down drum for whoever won the lottery i mean yeah. i wrote about it at the time and i thought the celtics had a good case to trade down and they did um well, I you think, love tatum more than most yeah yeah I, 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 you would I, rather have Kyrie than fultz and isaiah like fultz backing isaiah up, up or fultz yeah i'd rather just have tatum in the that lakers pick yeah. than, than just fultz um but i would too you get two swings at 
uh, versus one. And plus that pick, that adding that pick might have made the Nets pick a little bit more expendable, expendable from the Celtics sure. standpoint. Uh, so I, I don't think Ainge can win either way. I think either way people would be angry about the deals he makes or the deals that he doesn't make. Um, but I think he had a hell of a summer leading up to, to now. And now at this point, this is really a, a, the most risky decision he's made in recent years, yeah. more than any other trade or non-trade. Um, this could go down as this is a pivotal moment um, for the Boston Celtics. Um, it, it could go either way for them. All right, Chris has some mailbag questions for us. But first, let's talk about a perfect mattress that's sold directly to consumers. Let's talk about an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Let's talk about supportive memory foams that create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink, just the right bounce. Let's talk about Casper mattresses. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially if you're going to spend your third of your life on it. They offer free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly become the Internet's favorite mattress. Again, they will deliver your mattress to you risk-free. Try for 100 days. If you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. Find out why so many people love Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash BS. Use offer code BS. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that is casper.com slash BS and code BS. The first question we had was actually (laughs) (laughs) from Jerry Ferreira, and he wants to know uh, what the, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but what the closing lineup for the Cavs is going to be. IT, JR, Crowder, LeBron, Love for the last few minutes, or you put Tristan in there? I mean, if you have Love and Isaiah and Jr. Man, you're basically just saying we have to outscore you, and that's it. I think Tristan would have to be in there. All right, Richie wants to know what would be the best trade target now that Cleveland has that next pick. So, like, basically, what would that? Like, what do they flip that for? So you'd have to Channing Fry's expiring seven and a half million. How about how about uh, Boogie for ten? Boogie if he's unhappy around the trade deadline. Oh, and interesting. Then let's say the Nets pick is around ten, not not one. I'm I'm just throwing that out there. So it'd be like Channing Fry, Shumpert. And that Nets pick for and, Boogie and Jetty Osmond or Thompson. What about Thompson? That number one pick for Boogie. That could make some sense. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if New Orleans would even deal him, but if nor if something were to happen there, because that's what you would need to happen right now. There's not another superstar available. Charts. So. Anybody? You, any other targets? See, to me, I would want to go more with like let's grab more wings to guard the Warriors. Like I want to do like Kevin Love for like Aminu and Harkless, something like that. Like less LeBron and a bunch of wings who play defense. I think it's more realistic than LeBron Love and like offense, more stars. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah, you, we you, we hit a lot of them. We hit a lot of them. It was mostly just wanted to get to Jerry Ferreira. How did Cleveland get a haul from Ainge while Indiana got a couple of bad contracts for PG-13? Is Kyrie that much more valuable? Because Indiana's that, – that, there needs to be an investigation for that trade. <laughs> Titus, this, this could really hurt the Pacers yeah. in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Shay, would you, yeah. trade, would you trade LaMarcus Aldridge for Kevin Love? I'd trade LaMarcus Aldridge for Kevin Arnold. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's end there. Uh, thanks to SeatGeek. Thanks to Miller Lite. Thanks to all of these dudes. Shea Serrano, Chris Ryan, Jonathan Charks, Mark Titus, Kevin O'Connor. Thanks to Tate Frazier. Shade and attack nah, during the nah, podcast. Nah. Um, <laughs> most of all, thanks to Isaiah Thomas because he was an awesome Celtics. Thanks to Jake Crowder too, but especially Isaiah Thomas. Uh, awesome Celtic. Last year, I loved it. Uh, 
It's tough, man. Sports is brutal sometimes, but fascinating trade. I do think the Celtics are a little bit better. I think their ceiling's a little bit higher. So anyway, uh, we have a Kevin Durant podcast. We are taping tomorrow. Thanks for everybody who sent uh, mailbag questions. Got a ton of them. And uh, if you want to send some last minute ones, it's the mailbag at the ringer.com. So send those. We're taping tomorrow night. And I wonder if this trade will come up. I wonder if it'll come up that there was a massive, massive NBA trade. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody.